in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that that's a familiar thing for you who are sitting in this room. You once was lost, and now you're found. Okay? And so we get the opportunity to go out to hopefully be able to share the truth of the gospel, develop some relationships for his namesake. Okay? So we're going to go... Uh, to a couple different places in the scriptures, and we're just going to kind of walk through uh, really quickly, okay? So, uh, thinking through uh, what, what we're thinking of when we are outreaching, when we are going out into the world, right? We are to be uh, in this world, but not of this world, okay? So, as we go out, uh, as Jesus in uh, Luke nineteen ten. It says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And so we, as his children, as his brother, are there to model this, to seek and to save that which is lost. There are many, many references uh, to how we can do that, okay? And the beautiful thing about uh, going out this way and, and moving forward to share the truth of the gospel with the community around us is, is we're not going out blind on Saturday. Okay? If you've noticed on the announcements or if you've participated, there has been a group that has been going out and prayer walking this area around our church. And so they have laid the groundwork and before we do anything, we must seek the Lord in prayer because He is the one who is preparing the way for us. All we're doing is following His lead and walking in that. Just like He did in the Scriptures, that's what we're doing in turn with Him. And so, as we think of that example there, uh, outreach, yes, is, is not only for those that we would go and encounter, but also us, ourselves, as believers, okay? And this is the first chunk where we're going to kind of dive in. And so flip over with me to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And skim on down uh, to verse 11. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all obtain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried away by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body 
joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so as we're thinking of being those uh, apostles, those evangelists, those preachers, those teachers that go out into the community, well, guess what? It's going to build us up. It's going to equip us because when you think of the actual event, how many of you on a regular basis go up and knock on 40 to 50 doors and say, hey, how are you? I would like to invite you to something. Hey, is there anything I can pray for you about? Right? Those are not things that we do on a regular basis. So what is it going to do? It's going to build you up. It's going to equip you, right? So that this is more a normal thing. We're not putting this uh, event out here so that this is like the golden ticket. Okay, this is a model so that you can follow it to say and hopefully convict you to say, huh, I haven't knocked on my neighbor's door ever. Or I haven't knocked on my neighbor's door in six months or a year or I absolutely have no clue who lives around me, okay? And so, but this is going to push us, right, to mature manhood, okay? And if we're not going to those who are around us and sharing the truth of the gospel, well, what does that show in a reflection of us, right? Okay, I'm going to dig in a little bit. I'm sorry, but I'm going to dig in a little bit do we really believe that truth if we're not willing to share it with those around us that we come in contact with? So we're thinking of equipping the saints, so building you guys up, but also inviting those future brothers and sisters, because that's the goal, to find our brothers and sisters who are out there in the world who are lost, who have not heard the truth of the gospel to be called in to the sheepfold. To be a part of the body of Christ. There will be weak people that we will find who have been out of church for the last six years. Who are believers but just got out of the rhythm. And they might just need a knock on the door to say, Hey, you need to be around God's people. You're his child? Okay worship together and if you're not going to come be a part of part hey we know other churches there was one just here in pioneer hey try there right because it's not about building our kingdom of part baptist church it's about building the bride of christ as she is his bride and we are a part of that bride and we are ready Right? We are ready for our groom to come back and get us. And so therefore we want to go out into the harvest field. Right? But he tells us that the laborers are few. 
but we must press on, okay? So hopefully this will push us, right, to want to grow to maturity, to have our faith on display at all times. And then let's flip over because as we think about kind of, okay, yes, we need to be pushed. Yes, we need to be sharing our faith. Yes, we need to do this. Okay, well, when I get in that situation, okay, I'm out here, right? I'm, re- I'm ready. God told me to go, right? Here I am. Well, what am I looking for? What am I looking for? Flip with me over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to stay in the first two, two verses here. It says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind okay so what we are going to look for as we go is where God is already moving right we're never going to beat God anywhere we're never going to outrun him there's nowhere that we can go that his spirit cannot get there before us Okay, there was a book I read a long time ago, uh, and, and one of the main themes of it, it was from a missionary, and, and it, we're always the second witness because we never beat God anywhere. And what confidence does that give us? Because all we're doing is following Him. The beautiful thing is it is not within us. It's scary when we think of going by ourselves, but praise be to God, we're not going by ourselves. We're going with the Father who created. And what we're looking for is what He's doing, where He is. So let me think. If I go up to a door, right, and I knock, right? And so I'm asking myself as I pray, Lord, please show me if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection, any sympathy, Lord, and allow me to jump in with both feet. Allow me to kindle that fire that you're doing. Whether she believes that she was saved by God from cancer, that God really got her through cancer. And that's great, right? And we hear many stories of people who go through traumas and and, and the Lord gets them through in his kindness. And he was showing them sympathy. He was showing them something. But that does not mean that they're a believer. Because, yes, God can extend grace to someone in the midst of something like that. Whether it be childhood, whether it be whatever the case may be. And sustain us through that with his kindness but to know that, hey, it's the death, burial, and resurrection, right? Because that's what we're bound to as a church, right? 
because God got me through cancer and helped me to get through that doesn't mean that's why I'm saved. It's not positional saving that we're trying to give out here. It's not positional thing. It is the death, burial, and resurrection. What he has done for every single person who calls upon the name of the Lord. Not situational things. But can we take those situational things and use them for his glory? Can we use them to help prop up and say, yes, he got you through cancer. But guess what? He wants to get you through so much more. He is your only hope in life and death. When you're laying there in your bed and when he calls you home, what if he would have called you home and would not have saved you out of that and allowed you to remain here on this earth and set you free from that disease? What if you would have died? then where would you have been? Right? And, and we take these, these affections, these encouragements in Christ because the beautiful thing is, is that God is constantly moving among us. He is moving among us. We just have to be aware of it. And all we're doing is saying, Lord, show me where. Show me, Lord, I'm putting myself out here for your name's sake. Not because I like to do this, not because, but for your name's sake. Lord, show me where you're moving. And as we're in the midst of all of that, let's go to one more passage of Scripture. But we are looking for God in these avenues. Well, again, that's helping equip you because if you're relying upon the Spirit when you knock on that door and you're asking Him, oh, is there any comfort from this person? Is there any, of the, any sympathy, right? Well, guess what? When you go to work, you're going to do the same thing, right? It's getting into that practice. It's getting into working those muscles to say, hey, Lord, where are you right now? You desire to use me as your child to be an agent of light into a dark place, right? So in that, is, does that mean it's going to be roses and everything's going to be peachy? No. Go over to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And this is where we'll close out. And this is, this is one that's, that's really like, we're, we're a result-based people. We desire to see a product. If I do this, I want this result, right? And so this helps us to kind of endure in that, okay? To know that it's the Lord who is doing the work. We are just getting the great privilege of participating in what he's doing. And it's not about what we get or our reward, but it's us who is giving honor and glory to the king who is worthy of this 
worship and praise. And so go with me down in chapter 2 to verse 24. Because again, this also helps us to see our heart in our response to the loss that we go to. Okay, this is how we need to respond to them as servants of the Lord. It says, and the, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Okay? So you see what the children of God need to be up to. The Lord's servants must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. Able to teach, patiently enduring evil correcting his opponent with gentleness, right? That's our part. That's our part. So because we have an outreach, does that mean that the floodgates are going to be open and the 250 houses that we go to, all of them are going to show up at our event and start coming to the church? No. That does not mean that. But what we are doing is we are moving forward, maybe starting relationships to where we can get in the door to be able to endure these relationships. Right? So when, let's say, uh, I meet somebody on Saturday. Right? We invite them to the event. They come to the event. Right? Well, there, there's in the door, there. But then after that, what happens? Well, I'm the connector to Park Baptist Church. If that happens to any of you, what do you think you should do? Go back to their house. The next time when you don't have an event to invite them to where there's not free food or they didn't like the music here or they didn't... They thought that the seats were uncomfortable. Whatever the case may be, right? You're there as an opportunity to see, okay, Lord, is this where you're moving? Because to patiently endure evil, you have to be around evil to endure it. Does that make sense? You have to be around evil to endure evil. To be able to correct with gentleness, right? But you have to go in a manner to where you love them. It's not they don't become a project. They are a human that is made in the image of God for relationship with him if they are called by God, okay? And so in this, we've got God in that as we focus on that. Right? Because it's not our job to save. It's not our job to do anything but to do this role here. 
then God may perhaps, not a guarantee, but God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses. Right? Because there is no one but God alone that can open the eyes and open the ears of those who believe. It is only God that can lead to repentance. Okay? So that is His role. Okay? But we as His people, I think we must look at where they're at now before they know the gospel, before they have been set free, while they are still out of their mind, right? Okay? We got to look at where they are with this. And it says, and, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So these people that are lost, they're kidnapped. They're kidnapped. And we have the chance to go and open the cage to the gospel, right? But sometimes in our minds, okay, we view the lost as not helpless or captured. Think of this. Okay, Evan's my oldest daughter, right? My 11-year-old. Pretty little thing with red hair, okay? Evan gets kidnapped. Heavens forbid Evan gets kidnapped, right? But she left me. She walked away from me in Walmart, and somebody grabbed her, okay? If I find her in the back of a van in a cage is the first thing I'm going to say is, why did you leave my side? No. I'm going to open up the cage, and I'm going to let her out, and I'm going to embrace her in my arms, and I'm going to say, baby, welcome home. But how often do we deal with the lost and we say, God, they're so silly. Why are they trapped in this sin? Well, if they hadn't have done this, then this, this, and this wouldn't have happened. Do you see the difference in the heart change there? But if we're moved with compassion to believe that they are captured... Right? Because you can't escape if you're not captured. And so they are captured by the snare of the devil to do his will. So what do you expect them to do? To steal, to kill, steal, and destroy. Just like their father. Well, he expects us to go and to be the servants of the Lord and to be kind to everyone, able to teach patiently enduring evil and correcting his opponents with gentleness. And that's where the rubber meets the road. And so we get the privilege, I hope, 
Not at this one event. This is not a promote for the whole event. I hope this helps you to see, hey, I can do this other places. I can do this in my own neighborhood. I can do this because we have to change our frame of reference. We have to go after the lost because God commands it. God commands us to go after the lost. Let us go after them. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your kindness. We thank you for your word. I pray that you would use it to encourage your people, to know that you are with them and that you desire to seek and to save that which is lost. Father, we thank you for leaving heaven, coming and living your perfect and sinless life to be the substitute for our sins, to die on the cross and be resurrected from the grave. Lord, we praise you, and we pray that that would be the message that we would share to this broken and dying world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.